This is The Scoop on Life. We welcome you in. Appreciate you joining us this week. I'm Chase with Lauren Robinson here, and we are privileged today to be joined by Melissa Oden. She is the founder of the Abortion Survivors Network. Uh, she herself is an abortion survivor, and she has a passion for helping others uh, through difficult circumstances. Uh, she is the author of You Carried Me, a daughter's memoir, and will be releasing a new book next year called An Anthology of Survivor Stories and Abortion Survivor History. We are pleased to have Melissa Odin. Welcome to The Scoop on Life. Thanks for having me. Well, Melissa, we'll just jump right in. Um, as Chase just mentioned, uh, you survived a failed saline infusion abortion um, in 1977 when you were seven months gestation. Um, and when I first read that, I was like, we've got to talk to Melissa on the podcast. And so if you would just tell us about that, maybe how old were you when you found that out? Um, what did your life look like after that? Have you had complications? Did you have complications from that? Um, you know, so just tell us, tell us about your story a little bit. Yeah, I think it's important to have this conversation, right? I mean, not only because of the pregnancy help world, but we live in a culture that where abortion is just seen as this polarizing issue, right? That somehow it's this political thing. And the reality is abortion impacts all of our lives. And as much as our culture tries to bury the narratives of, of women and men who regret their abortion and you know abortion clinic workers and abortionists who have seen that truth, they also bury the stories of abortion survivors, right? We we see it in the headlines and we see it in the, the com boxes online where people say, abortion survivors don't exist. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, why, why are people saying that they survived abortions? This doesn't happen, but it does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I am one of those few people who know my story, have my medical records, and have been connected with many people who are a part of my story. So, you know, I can age myself pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm almost 43. I, I'm looking at y'all thinking, I'm so much older than you. I mean, I probably have 20 years on you guys. Um, but I think it's important for historical context because, you know, that reality is I survived an abortion not long after abortion was legalized. And the saline infusion abortion was the most common procedure back then in the 1970s. If people go through the history of abortion, and that's part of what my new book is going to be, what they're going to find is that even back then, doctors were talking about how often the saline infusion abortion failed. That that's why they had to find much more effective ways of ending lives of children, because too many times it just failed. And that's what happened in my case. I now know my birth mother, you know, checks off most boxes when it comes to abortion statistics. She was 19. She was a college student. She wasn't married to my biological father. And now I know that she was actually forced to have that abortion. Wow. You know, that's another one of those things we don't talk about in our society, right? Women are told it's their choice. It's their right. And what we don't sit back and listen to, unless we're in the pregnancy help movement or the pro-life movement, we don't listen to women's stories of being coerced and forced. Right. And I now know that's what happened to her. My maternal grandmother was a prominent nurse, um, had a great working relationship with a local abortionist. So they forced my birth mother into the hospital. And the abortionist wrote on my records, he thought she was maybe 18 to 20 weeks pregnant with me. 
No. As you stated, Lauren, we now know she was probably about 31 weeks pregnant with me by what the neonatologist put in my records. So that procedure was pretty horrific for me to endure and absolutely horrific for my birth mother. They injected a toxic salt solution into the womb. I soaked in it, should have been poisoned and scalded to death. And, you know, my birth mother could have lost her life. Um, It was a horrific procedure for her. And they thought the abortion had been successful. It should have been. And the final step of that procedure was to induce labor. And I should have been delivered dead that day, 40, nearly 43 years ago. And I was accidentally born alive. Wow. Wow. I know that's a lot to take in. (laughs) That's, and that's crazy just to hear how, you know, I guess I didn't think about that. What you just said, as far as it, it, it was not normal to fail, but it didn't really, I guess, surprise them maybe that it failed, you know, that that wasn't super uncommon. Um, but then you expect to have had a successful abortion, then all of a sudden a, a, a baby's born. So what did your birth mother do at that point? Well, her story is pretty interesting. And really, it's taken me most of my 43, almost 43. I'm going to own 43. I'm just there, <laughs> you guys. Um, it's taken me most of my 43 years of life to piece together her story and mine. And, you know, sadly, I now know that she didn't know that the abortion had failed. Wow. I didn't find that out until about seven years ago when I finally connected with her. Uh, She was told that the abortion had been successful. I was initially laid aside. You know, some of these pieces of the story are painful and really inconvenient (laughs) for our society. Uh, And I didn't really understand it years ago, but I understand it now because we hear these conversations now more than we did back then. But yeah, I know that I was initially laid aside. My grandmother was there, was not happy that the abortion had failed. You know, this was not supposed to happen. And so I'm sure it was panic mode and there were arguments made about whether I would be provided medical care. And I've been really blessed to now have contact with some of the medical professionals who cared for me. I know that at least one nurse was unwilling to just leave me there to die and rushed me off to the neonatal intensive care unit. And that's why I'm alive today. You know, I do truly believe that if that abortion would have happened at Planned Parenthood, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Wow. So your birth mother didn't know. So then you were transferred to the neonatal unit and was cared for. So then were you placed for adoption? I was, yeah. So I stayed at the first hospital for about 21 days, and then I was sent to a larger hospital. You know, I used to think that was simply for medical care, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things it was, but now knowing that my birth mother wasn't told about my survival, I also think that was probably to get me out of the area. And I know that leads to more questions, right? Of how could this happen? How could she not know? How are you placed for adoption without her consent? And I think people can piece it together pretty quickly to think if there was a forced abortion that bypassed hospital regulations, you can also make an adoption happen without someone's consent, right? right. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes people doubt my birth mother and somehow think, oh, she had to have known. I can tell you she did not know. And so she spent 30 years with regret. Yeah. Yeah. So she didn't, she didn't know until seven years ago. Is that when you... 
found out she didn't know. It's such a complicated story, right? So I found out <laughs> my survival story when I was 14. So okay. I was placed for adoption, went home to my parents just a couple of months after I survived that failed abortion. And my parents knew my story uh, because the doctors didn't know what the complications were going to be for me. I weighed a little less than three pounds when I was wow. born alive. Uh, I suffered from you know, severe respiratory and liver problems, seizures, you know, the doctors thought that I would suffer from any number of disabilities. And so my parents knew that, but like most parents kept it a secret. And when I was 14, I found out by accident, they had told my sister, my story because she was facing an unplanned pregnancy as a teenager and wasn't sure what decision she was going to make. And so they told her my story, hoping that it would make a difference. And it did. He's alive and well, and just celebrated his 28th birthday Mm -hmm. last week. And that's how I found out because she let it slip to me one night that there was more to that story. And so I found out when I was 14, went through a lot of struggles on that journey, right? Really didn't want to be this person for a very long time. And that set me in motion really though, to to find my biological parents. And so I found out who they were about 13 years ago and started speaking publicly at that time. You know, this has not been an easy calling for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had to pick up this cross a million times and learn to carry it. And, you know, the, the most beautiful part I think for me is by me being willing to share my story publicly. That's how my birth mother found out. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, as much as I didn't want it to be that way, and yeah. I did many things to try to to connect with her, I couldn't control how her family responded to that. And so lo and behold, in 2010, one of her family members saw me on TV, knew immediately that it was me. And that's how they shared the secret with her that I had survived. What a crazy story, though, of, <laughs> of just how and 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 knowing, you know, OK, well, the the saline infusion failed in 1977. You didn't find that out until when you, till you're 14 and then, you know, how many, 16 years later, whatever you, you found out, um, you found your birth mother, you know, or or got connected with her because you shared your story, you know, and that's crazy to think about, you know, how all these pieces came together, but it was like, it took years, you know, after your birth mom didn't know you were adopted, you were living with your family, then your sister faced an unplanned pregnancy. And as a result of that, you found out your own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Melissa, you started the uh, abortion survivors network. Uh, you've worked in fields of substance abuse, mental health, domestic violence, uh, sexual assault counseling. How did your story lead you to what you do today? Oh gosh. Yeah. It's so funny. Right. I, I can honestly tell you all those years ago, I never thought, you know, Melissa, you're going to be public with this story. You're going to go testify before Congress, right? You are, you're going to be the face of this. I mean, I was scared to death of this years ago. Right. And that's really part of the reason I think that I founded the abortion survivors network, because it's a very lonely place to be. And I do believe for our country to be embracing a culture of life, we have to heal from the wounds that abortion has caused. And so that's for women and men and clinic workers and survivors. And so, you know, I look back on everything that's happened in my life and everything that I've done, and I know every single piece of it was to prepare me for what I do now. And so how could I, 
how could I not be who I'm supposed to be? That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, Melissa, I was reading on your website earlier this week and it said this, it says, we are never promised that life would be easy. What we were promised is that God would never forsake us and his promise is true. And, and looking back at your life, you could say you have not had an easy life. <laughs> like you've had a lot of emotions and a lot of physical things that have come into play. Um, you survived an attempted abortion. I believe you've had three miscarriages of your own. And then um, your one of your own children had serious health conditions as a baby, I believe. And so how has that promise, like what you just said, you know, God has not promised that your life would be easy, but he has promised that he would never forsake you and he would sustain you like how has that promise sustained you over the years through what you faced and what you're even currently facing physically and mentally and emotionally? Yeah. And I think we're all in that place, right? The pandemic has kind of leveled the playing field of people, you know, I mean, that's, I don't want that to sound crass, but it's right. That's kind of the reality that maybe other people could never step into my shoes to know what my trauma has been like. Um, But I think we're all in a place where we're experiencing some level of trauma with what's happening in our world. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of experience with that. And I can honestly tell you, I would not be doing the work that I do. I would not be able to make it through the day if it wasn't for God's grace. You know, I, I truly, every time something has happened in my life, the goodness comes not me and what I can do and how I deal with it. It comes from him. And I want that for everyone in our world. And I'm sure you all do too, right? There mm-hmm. is just this incredible strength that comes from turning to God in every moment. Well, and you, you know, you have to, you know, I think about what we do um, at our local pregnancy center, pregnancy centers all over the country, you know, that um, these women are in all kinds of situations. And then to think about people in your position, you know, you've started this abortion survivors network. You are abortion survivor to say everything in life um, will disappoint you and everything will eventually let you down. And hope is only to be found in Christ. And I think that hearing your story to say, you have to cling to that. Like, you know, Lord, my life hasn't been what I thought it would be or, you know, whatever. And we're all in those positions. And then as I do this work in pregnancy centers, you know, these girls that are contemplating abortion, contemplating what their life is going to look like with or without this child that, that um, they're carrying is to say, you do have hope and your situation may seem hopeless, but our goal, obviously, then to point them to Christ and to say, you know, you can't put your hope in this child or in your future, or what this child will or won't mean for you, but in the fact that you have a Savior, you know, who loves you and cares for you. And so that's awesome um, just to hear your story and to think, like, God is a God of redemption, you know, and mm-hmm. ultimately he's the redeemer of our souls, but also he redeems broken things and broken situations, you know, for his glory. And I think that's awesome that you can have that perspective. Um Melissa, where can our listeners find out more about you? Where can they look at your books, purchase your books? Yeah, my website is melissaodenohden.com. And my book, You Carried Me, is on there. It's in hardcover and also um, a new paperback that came out in 2020. I got to remember where what year it is currently, right? <laughs> a year, what day is it? Yeah. I feel like my kids. But um, yeah, it's in paperback form too that um, my birth mother and I updated with more information and the survivor book will come out. We have a very big announcement very soon who the publisher is. And I'm so excited for, for us and for all of you. It's super exciting. So be on the lookout for that. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those things at, at Melissa Odin. And for the Abortion Survivors Network, we are abortionsurvivors.org. We have a speakers page. You know, if people want to have a, an abortion survivor, um, 
for their event or anything. We have that now. I think it's incredibly powerful. We have some great projects coming up um, and you can find us on social media at the Abortion Survivors Network. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for the info. Melissa Odin, she is the founder of the Abortion Survivors Network. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for, for being willing to, to share your story. Thank you. Thanks, Melissa. What a story there from Melissa Odin. She's the founder of the Abortion Survivors Network, abortion survivor herself. Very moving, uh, impacting story there. We appreciate you taking time to listen to The Scoop on Life this week. I want to remind you that uh, if you missed an episode, you want to go back and listen to it, you can on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, and on YouTube. Just search for The Scoop on Life, and you can check it out there. We'll have all of our episodes um, up to date there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. We're also on social media, so you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram and uh, keep up to date with all the great information we have going on with the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us here for The Scoop on Life. We'll see you next week.